Now I'm rolling. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, <laughs> I'm brought back to college at the, uh, it was the halfway point of our hour of power mix. And so whenever you know, whenever you heard Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas, you knew that like you're on the home stretch. What's it, what is that like a hazing ritual? No, it's just something we did to pass the time. You what know? what is hour of power? Is it like you drink for an hour? You take a shot of beer every hour, every minute for an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we set out one long Saturday because the Moorhead, Kentucky, you make your own fun. And I know this sounds like one of those like. Oh man, you're just you know talking about like when you were wild and crazy type things, and you would be right. But we set the record, and I like to think the standard. We did four and a half hours of power, and I walked upstairs to see Adam Adams. He had covered the bathroom completely in puke, the (laughs) the toilet basin, the 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 sink, sink, (laughs) the the shower, all of it, the light fixtures. And then I was like, I didn't know what was going. On. I heard this noise, and it, it, here's what here's what the cadence was. <laughs> it was a whistle, followed by a guttural growl, uh-huh. and then just some chuckling. And I walked in there, and I found the man laying on his side, facing the wall. And I said, "Why are you doing that for?" Also, what happened in the bathroom? He said, I had to, Bob. It, I had to release it. And then I said, what are you doing? And he said, I said, what's with that cadence? That's creepy. He goes, it makes me feel so good. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe try that as a meditative thing. Just close your eyes and whistle to yourself and then growl and then just laugh a little bit. And just do that for about 10, 15 minutes. See what that does for you. I, I think it sounds pretty good. I'm not sure I didn't have to try that. Dude, it, it is really criminal that we send kids to college. It really is. Like, <laughs> like an 18 or 19-year-old blacking out. Like, dude, there was a legend that went around my town. I'm not going to say her name. I hopefully, hopefully this isn't even enough identifying information. And it may have not even... Hobbs isn't very big. <laughs> <laughs> they want to tread lightly. <laughs> it may not have even been true, but um, this person who grew, who graduated a few years before me, I was probably like in eighth or ninth grade when they graduated. Um, she went to college, a very popular college in the state of Texas, A and M Tech. <laughs> Actually, dude, I don't even remember. It had Texas in the name. I remember that. <laughs> okay. You got a very famous party school. Which one? I, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> one of them with Texas. In the one day. of them with Texas in the day. She went to a party and got like blackout drunk. And I sympathize with parts of this story because, yeah, I mean, I did this too. Like, you go to a party where you don't know anybody, you have no friends there, and then you just you you like throw up on a wall. And then strangers you don't even know will just put you in the corner of the dingiest, barest room you've ever seen with like a Pirates of the Caribbean poster on the wall. Nothing worse, (laughs) nothing worse than waking up in that circumstance and not knowing where the hell you are either. Truly, truly. Which has happened to me, you know, obviously happened to me. I mean, yeah, imagine waking up 11 a.m. in Lubbock, Texas, 
it's already 100 degrees. You've got to walk 30 city blocks back to your truck, wherever the fuck it is, and hope to God that it's there. Because public <laughs> transportation in Lubbock, Texas is not... <laughs> not up snuff, huh? Anyways, there's this story about this girl that she she did this at a party. Um, and uh, But not only did she throw up on the wall, she took a shit on the wall. And... <laughs> You're nodding sagely. <laughs> I think this is like an urban legend because we have the same thing. <laughs> okay. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like if enough people have the, like kind of the same story, you wonder if it really happened. <laughs> uh, dude, this is a real person. Did Eddie Murphy pop out with some roses? <laughs> I feel bad then because this was a real person. That means she got this like taboo, this stigma attached to her. But they they said that she had to transfer schools. It was she was so embarrassed. Like I never really understood that because like in college, like there's so many people. Like you can you can shrug that off and just never talk to those people again. Yeah, if you're especially if you're at a big enough school. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah. I don't. I, but that was something that I never understood. Like, how do you shit on a wall? Like, I mean, obviously, if it's just like a turd, it's just gonna roll down the wall. It's like. It's, yeah, it's true. It just depends, though, man. You know, you get on some of those a good drunk, and it's not yeah. exactly a yeah. roller. It's more of a splasher. Mm. Well, anyways, I'm sorry to go there this early, but, you know, this is like, um, who, who is that? Uh, Pr- Proust, Marcel Proust. It's, a, it's an associative game. Like You said one thing. You told a, a college partying story, and for some reason my mind... In its reverie, went to that college partying story. I don't know why. Yeah. You ever pissed yourself drinking? Dude, never have. Never have. I've done it several times. Yeah, I never have. Huh. You, Probably do, three or four times, I think. You, you, don't, you don't understand. I, I can hold a piss, which is not good, because I have to pee like every 30 minutes, which is why <laughs> I've gotten... I can endure so much pain <laughs> for so long. <laughs> It's like why I've gotten scared multiple times that I have diabetes because I pee all the time. Yeah. Well, you drink a lot of water, too. I do I do drink too much water, probably. I'm kind of eating like you these days, except for, like, a lot of it. Mm. So I'm trying to, if you notice in the corner, I'm trying to get jacked. Yeah. We got a challenge, me mm. and some of the guys. Who can lose the most body fat, get the most jacked? Because I've never seen my body at Adonis level. I'm assuming it could get there. Yeah, for you those of, for those of you who can't see at home, what he was referring to in the corner is a cutout, a cardboard cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger at the peak of his bodybuilding, uh, you know, in the '80s, and then Tom's head superimposed on Tom. That's exactly just a little motivation to get just, me through. Yeah. But uh, it's weird because I'm eating like cashews, black beans, spelted. <laughs> grains mm. uh lots of lots of protein i like all those things and all kinds of more carbs than i'm used to taking in too well, i kind of liked your idea from the other day just to get jacked as fuck and then just stop just to see what it looks like i mean i'm not really interested in being buff i just want to see what i look like as a buff person yeah i'm not i have no designs <laughs> on keeping this a perfect body I'm going to have in six months. But um, I just want people to let it be known that I will be 
you know, I, I will be, they'll, they'll look at me and then they'll look at the Greek Adonis and they'll be like, I don't see any difference between these two. <laughs> in, in every way, in every, including, <laughs> including the small penis. <laughs> Speaking of the Greek Adonis, did you read the New Yorker article about the academic philosopher who is in like a thruple type situation with her ex-husband and her former student. Did you read that? That stresses me out just to hear you describe it. (laughs) So uh, let me get this straight. She divorces this guy but keeps him in the stable and then brings in a former student. Pretty much, yeah. Dude, I... I would okay. Here's the thing about this article, it it punches all the notes that we've talked about on this show, but the thing is that it is so it's so rich. It's not rich. It's honestly, it's like it's like feeding on a carcass. It is genuinely disgusting. It's a disgusting article. Like, but every sentence packs so much protein. If we read it, it would take us four hours to get through. <laughs> There's just, you got to just stop and choose so much. <laughs> Dude, it is the meatiest. This the gamiest, like, fucking entree. It's like that 64-ounce T-bone <laughs> in that one place in Amarillo. If you can finish it, everybody gets their meal for free that night. Yes. I, like, I guarantee you we would vomit like your friend, like your like your cousin Adam. We would, we would fucking cover our respective rooms head to toe in fucking vomit. Oh man! Oh, What's the dude. deal then? What's the deal with them? But dude, it's I'll like, chew a little bit. <laughs> dude, I mean, I like I can't even begin to explain it. It's like she's a philosopher, and she's applied the Socratic method to every aspect of her life, including marriage and relationships. And uh, and part of the tension of the article is. Is an ideal, perfect, platonic relationship possible? Like, if you start out... Like, what's better? Is it better to start out your relationship with the perfect ideal in mind, and then you work towards that? Or is it better to start out with just someone that's kind of, like, schlubby, and you don't really have any expectations of each other? project. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like kind of like when you draft a guy that's seven three, but he's not coordinated at all. You know, <laughs> you can't teach height, but he needs some coaching up. Well, I I think that was, I think this article, honestly, it misses a fundamental thing, which is that like, okay, I've been in a relationship with an older woman. I mean, she's not way older than him, but like the age gap is like eight years. He he's like twenty seven and she was like thirty five, and I mean let me just say that like having been in a situation exactly like that before, <laughs> there's a lot of ways that it can go wrong. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you right there. I I too was in a relationship with a with a woman about ten years my senior and. It can go sideways. Yeah, but like when we talk about age gap discourse, no one talks about. No one talks about that. Like that's that's that <laughs> No one no one talks about driving your best friend and roommate crazy by by her playing the goddamn fiddle at fucking seven in the morning <laughs> as loud as she can. Well you want to talk about a project. Like that is 
that is project territory. Like a forty-five-year-old woman dating like a twenty-one-year-old male is like that to me is fine. But you narrow that window a little bit more, like thirty-five to twenty-seven. The sirens are going off in my head, like alarm, alarm. You mean like a, what do you mean like a forty-five and thirty-one-year-old? Like a, you said, you said twenty-one-year-old. No, no, like twenty-one. Like when Demi Moore dated Ashton Kutcher. Okay, right? okay, okay. Like that to me is like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like that, that to me is like, oh, like what, like we're gonna have some fun with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems low stakes. You know, there's a shelf life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, you you narrow that window. <clears throat> Combustible elements. Combustible elements. That's exactly exactly right. Yeah. It's a very strange article because um it's just about like two highly neurotic people who can't stop talking about what they believe and who they are. And, and a cup chair. <laughs> and it just, dude, I mean really and like the whole article, the the author is like asking him, the cuck, like, Are you sure you're okay with this? And he's like, Oh, I'm great. <laughs> Like he's just smiling through the tears, like I'm good, man. Everything's great. <laughs> I don't want to kick shape anybody, but I wonder how many of those guys are like, you know, just going on to get along. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that. Uh, I think that you can. I, I think of all the things to overthink, polyamory probably isn't something you want to overthink like it's not for me but for those of who it is for or they think that they want it i don't think you need to overthink it i think it just is what it is <laughs> yeah just <laughs> i know what you mean but the you funny mean. thing well, the funny thing was that he, she wound up leaving her husband for this student um, and she and like all of her friends and her family were like, "Why would you do this? Like your husband's great, he's perfect." They were like, they literally, they were like, "Why don't you just have an affair?" <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, before you get into like the, all this things, why have you just considered a good old fashioned affair? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think you know what. Uh, Listen. Having an affair with a 21-year-old and nobody's the wiser for it might be the prudent course. And then if it goes on a certain amount of time, then maybe you consider the throuple thing. Yeah, it's like... You gotta have a trial. You can't buy your shoes before you try them on. Yeah, I wish I could read this article because I'm not doing it justice. Um, But like on the Autumn app, it's like a 50-minute long read. And so I know that if we read it, it would take hours. (laughs) It would take fucking hours. But, like, that's the whole thing. All of them are talking about, like, Socrates and Aristotle. Like, the, the whole fucking thing is like them talking about how their relationship fits into the thought and traditions of Socrates and Aristotle. Well, that might be, might be enough to just sort of give the whole thing pause right there. <laughs> you know? Like, if you're, if you're basing your relationship on the classics, <laughs> tap the brakes a little bit. I mean, I, particularly if your wife says, "I think the nature of our relationship is platonic." <laughs> that's not good. There's like um, uh, someone pointed out, uh, friend of the show Robert Jones pointed out that the 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 
protagonist of this story, like the subject of this profile, was also the main character of Twitter back in the fall around Halloween. Wait, the teacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The professor. Yeah. Uh, who, what, what, what was... She went viral for a tweet. Maybe you recall this one. I vaguely remember it. Um, it was... This was the tweet. Nine-year-old. Mama, you didn't throw out the Halloween candy. Background. We have a Halloween tradition where after the kids go to bed, I throw away all their candy in the garbage. The next morning, they are filled with rage. Thank you so much. Hugs and kisses. Reader, I forgot. I don't... It's partially nonsensical. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but do you remember that I'm tweet? I'm still trying to put it together. <laughs> I feel like I do. Yeah, I, Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's the the article struck a chord in Rod Dreyer, though. Apparently, <laughs> imagine that. Appar- <laughs> yeah, apparently, Rod Dreyer was um, saw parts of himself in that article. I can guess which parts. I, I bet almost. <laughs> what did Rod have to say about it? He basically he just says he sees parts of himself in the wife. The uh, the professor. Uh, that's not where I was thought that's that was That's not what going, you were thinking? That's the first line of his thing is, look, marriage is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn it. Rod, the thing about Rod that's so funny is like the man just wears like his sort of psychosexual hangups on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just... You don't have to even dig too far to know what that man's struggling with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of that. Maybe I do. Maybe I do wear mine on my sleeves. I don't know. I can't tell. People would have to point it out for me. I'd be horrified. Uh, well, that's yeah, that's that's that don't sound good either. Please no one do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please God, nobody do that. Please no one psychoanalyze my my hang ups. <laughs> but the thing I've always wondered about him is like he gets roasted thoroughly every week. Does he just does he just let it glide off of his back like water off of a I, duck? I mean, like I guess so. How does he do it? I I want to know how he does it. Maybe it's one of those. There's no such thing as bad press things. Maybe maybe he loves it. He's like fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I guess I can only assume. But I bask in the hate. The 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 article is like um. The art the, the article I I don't even really know what the point of the article was. I think it was like trying to explore. Our our strange definitions around marriage and monogamy, um, but it, it used as its subject, um. Someone who is constantly trying to get to the bottom of everything using a 2,500-year-old philosophical method that was created by a person who was a notorious grouch and killed himself. I mean, (laughs) I I don't know what you'd do with that. Well, I mean, that's everybody's plague, right? I mean... What really has to happen is this, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on that episode about the forums, is that it's very likely that the average slack-jaw yokel today is smarter than some of the guys that wrote the classics. (laughs) 1,000%, yeah. 
So why are we hell-bent on basing every facet of our lives on ancient documents? You know, be it, the, be it, be it, with, I'm not saying that there's not wisdom to be gleaned from the past. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that like taking a 25 year, 100 year old document or even like for the constitutionalists, the 200 year old document, 300 year old yeah. document and sort of, it, I mean, that might be fine if you just assume life is not dynamic and nothing new ever happens. You know what I mean? But like, eh. dude, that is interesting. There is const, there is uh, currently this big debate roiling the uh american historical what is it association the aha aha or whatever the fuck um that uh, like i think that this was a point or like a uh, like a sort of like accusation made by a former director of it of that organization that like historians and society at large is plagued by like what they called like presentism where like increasingly fewer and fewer people are interested in the past and we're only interested in the last like 100 years or so but like i i feel like it's the opposite i feel like everyone is obsessed with the past like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i think that's exact yeah i would think the exact opposite i think everybody's living in the past look at our just fascination with pastiche and nostalgia and yeah there's nothing new happening everything that comes out is uh repackaged or rebooted and that's to to some degree that's fine like i don't want to be a killjoy about it either but like feels like you know yeah, I definitely think. Yeah, if there's one thing you couldn't say about our society today, it's that we're we're, we're not obsessed with the past. Yeah, maybe I'm misunderstanding the, the contours of that argument, but it definitely seems to me, yeah, that people are, if they're not blatantly obsessed with the past, like constantly trying to apply Aristotle to their polyamorous relationship. They do have like a outlook that would probably be more, um, you know, apt or appropriate for the 15th century. Yeah, <laughs> or like sort of the sort of the the. I'm just going to say a lot of things in succession here because I don't know how to concisely sort of lump all these things into a group. But the sort of uh, tech, Joe Rogan. MMA's right-leaning uh, Jordan Peterson, whatever, like their fascination with the classics. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, interesting the touchstones that we've picked to guide us into the into the future here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're going to be about that life, if you're gonna, if you are really going to be into that, you got to be about that life. Like you got to fucking start getting. Latin inscribed stone tablets in your house instead of those like inspirational. And, I, and I'm not talking about Veritas because you watched uh, Boondock Saints. You know? Yeah, no. I like, time. Instead of like the inspirational quote throw pillows, your couches need to have stone tablets on them. Those are your throw pillows, and, th- and they're inscribed with Latin quotations or, um, you know, sayings like. Habeas Corpus. <laughs> yeah, here here lies Commodus Thabius Mahmudius the eighteenth. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be you gotta lean into it. Yeah, stung the scorpion with the tip of his 
uh, stinger or so you know so something cryptic like that that's like weirdly sexual and like you know sort of what it's saying but at the same time you're like what the fuck are these dudes on oh yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about yeah 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 they dude, love what? that dude they would have been crazy i mean what what do you think the craziest thing what would be your if you were in a roman if you're a gladiator in a roman coliseum what would you prefer to have to wrestle because like i feel like your options are like lion bear where did they source these creatures from too <laughs> it's not like there's a bunch of lions roaming the italian hill was, country was but. it ethically sourced i need to know if like before if before i fight in the roman coliseum i'm gonna need to know if these game animals were ethically sourced yeah and say like, listen i have no qualms i yeah i'm gonna stop the proceedings <laughs> with doing the timeout gesture <laughs> And I'm gonna call out to whoever, whoever the emperor would be at the time. I guess. Uh-huh. But listen, not gonna make a big deal about this. But I just want to know. I got. I need to see some documents on how ethically treated these animals were when you brought them in here. <laughs> I'll gladly slay this beast. Not a question about it. But I just want to know. Like, uh-huh. did it did it have a happy life? <laughs> <laughs> Was it fed organic grass? <laughs> Was it? This is a free range line. Or? Yeah. What are we like, talking about here? <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, Italy, I don't know if it had lions, like, in in, in the early ancient period. But I do know that Hannibal, uh, the the general, the Carthaginian general, brought lions and elephants with him when he was trying to invade Italy. Like, and what a fucking way to make an entrance, right? Just like, yeah. yo, dog. There's the thing about it, man. You had thought that you really couldn't get more ostentatious than an Italian, and then here come the North Africans, <laughs> and you're like, ah, damn. Like, what was his thinking there? It's like, I'm going to bring some fucking wildcats with me. I'm going to unleash them on the Roman soldiers. <laughs> God. It's a, I mean, <laughs> terrifying prospect, to be perfectly honest. So you're saying some of those cats got loose and they just corralled them for, you know. For Roman, for, for gladiatorial purposes. They might have. I don't know. Interesting. I mean, personally, if I'm going to get torn apart by a lion, I guess I'd rather it be done in front of a massive auditorium of people. Just, He's fucking ripping your intestines out. And people are like, yeah. And then you're just saying something in Latin, like where you're talking about inscribed on that pillow. Some cryptic, yes. me- like your final cryptic message to the world. and The cloud dumps poison on my ashen body. People are, people are like throwing up wine in, in the stands. Yeah, yeah, just totally debauched. <laughs> Yeah, just people just puking chicken parms, like all, on the next person in front of them. Noodles and wine. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I mean, it's like these are the people you want to emulate. <laughs> oh, I know man. Socrates wasn't Roman. Okay, I'm not that stupid. <clears throat> But he was the next worst thing, which is Greek. <laughs> so his <laughs> lateral move, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, dude, all kinds of crazy shit happened back then. It's like I feel like stampedes and shit were happening, like human stampedes. Like I think there was like a 
like the, like Justinian or something. I think maybe there was like a a massive stampede at a race in like the fifth century or sixth century or something. Like for for all of like conservative commentators you know shit about like the teeming masses and mobs and stuff we haven't really seen a huge stampede you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying in a while not since like that great chart or the great white concert remember that the great white concert not the band yeah the band did that happen at a great white show then at a who show i think oh yeah yeah, yeah, it happened a lot in the days of rock and roll before the music died yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the music died, a weird thing is happening to me. What? I don't know if this is noticeable or not, but I have Tourette syndrome, mm. and I don't know what it is, but I think eating a lot of protein is kind of giving me ticks again. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was walking into the YMCA the other day, and I just like I just had the weirdest interaction with the guy at the desk because I was like, I blink a lot, and then I kind of like, you know. Yeah. Just say strange things. Mm, yeah. I don't really have them much anymore. Like, I guess if you watched our CNN thing, I can you can see me ticking. Mm. But there's something about my my diet over the last two weeks that's been making me. So was the YMCA guy ableist to you? I think so. Should we go think, fuck yeah. him up? <laughs> He's like, man, I, you know you can't scream pussy in here, right? <laughs> I was like, no, man, it's not that kind. It's, <laughs> it's a different kind. <laughs> Yeah, I'll scream pussy wherever I want to because <laughs> the ADA says I can. <laughs> um, well, it's uh, springtime. Springtime's here, and you know what that means? Uh, the Bradford pear trees are bl- blooming. <laughs> is, that, is that the cum trees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very funny thing to me that like. I was thinking the other day, so like everybody knows that's what it smells like, right? Mm. Well, not everybody, but people who know know. Yeah, you know, you're walking on the trail and you pass a dude, and you guys smell it at the same time, and you're looking at each other like, "Yeah, that's what's up." Or, or more embarrassingly, you just happen to walk by your third grade teacher, and you're both standing there (laughs) catching up for a second, and. (laughs) The thing that's you're you're saying all these pleasantries, but the thing that's going through your mind is it smells like a fucking it smells like there's a bunch of fucking cum around here, and that's just the elephant in the room, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All sp- all spring long, anytime you cross somebody where there's those trees, mm-hmm. that's what everybody's thinking. Yeah, your crush, your third grade teacher, your mm-hmm. aunt. Yep. Whoever. <laughs> the sexy buff dude that you see in the walking trail. Yeah. Uh, He's thinking the same thing you're thinking. I, I want to meet a guy, though, that doesn't know. I want to meet a guy who... So, like, there's all this... I, I keep seeing these, like, educational videos about how you need to cut these trees down because they're really bad for the environment. Are they... What are they? Are they invasive? I think they're invasive. Well, they're certainly invasive to our minds and our <laughs> olfactory senses, <laughs> but ecologically speaking. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're scandalizing the bees. That could be it, too. Like, the bees are getting really prudish because they're constantly having to smell it. They're they're coming back to the hives, and everyone's like, yo, where the fuck have you been, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> 
And you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> Come back with Bradford pear pollen all over you. Everybody's like, oh, dude. <laughs> Gary, Gary. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, man, no, you don't understand. It ain't like that. <laughs> I like. I ain't on that shit, man. I want to meet a guy. I want to meet someone who's like, who thinks that the smell they smell that is the cum smell is the smell you smell when it's being cut down, like the smell of sawdust. Like <laughs> that's their reference point for the smell of cum. It's sawdust, and and they're like, yo, yeah. <laughs> They don't realize they're saying it to their friends, and their friends are like, "What the fuck? Like, have you ever smelled cum before, Gary? I have a bee you can meet." God damn it! Mm. Spring, you gotta love it. Spring. Um, Beware, as bring it full circle here. Beware of the Ides of March mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, but you get stabbed on the Ides of March by your best friends. By your best friends. You don't even see it coming, man. No. Um, this is an interesting article that was sent to me by our friend Jimmy Fallon Gong of the podcast program to chill. This very topical uh, issue for our show. This is in CBN News, the Christian perspective. CBN. Yeah. You know what CBN is? Yeah, I think it used to have a TV channel. Christian Broadcasting. Isn't that uh, Pat Robertson's outfit? I think so. They used to play Christian music videos. Like They would be like... Um, Christian News is so tight because here's what it's like. It's like... It's almost like that game, like, Two Truths and a Lie. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like... Um, They'll just sit there, and with the same sort of oratory and and level of seriousness and everything, they'll be like, "Well, um, um, conflicts rising in X place, and da 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 da." da. And then they'll uh-huh. say, "Well, inflation's at an all time high," and da 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 da. And then they'll say, and they'll just hit you with something like, um, "Uh." Christ projected to come back in March 21st, 2024. And then, like, they just don't bat an eye. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like when I was a kid, I was just, like, so afraid of, like, those type of people because, like, I knew I could get my news from CBN to a certain point. Mm. And then when that point comes, and I know it's going to be something insane. Right. And then you guys sound stupid in front of your homeboys at school. Man, when your saying, homeboys are standing around talking about like inflation numbers and and, and employment statistics, all you're gonna have is, well, I mean, did you guys hear Christ is coming back <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah, just, next week? Or the Lord's <laughs> slated to return next month. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Tom. <laughs> Shut up, Gary, <laughs> and go take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like a gum tree. Um, this is an interesting article. Uh, the headline is DC Talks Kevin Max is now ex-evangelical. Says he's been progressing for decades. Damn. Ex-evangelical. So wait, hold on a second. So even when we were listening to him, 
he was progressing then. I guess he was progressing then, man, because of the decades. That implies when DC Talk was still active. I kind of want some money back then. <laughs> yeah, same. Because the money, the DC Talk dollars I spent, I didn't need my guy progressing. <laughs> I wanted him. But now that I know that he was progressing that whole time, good for him. kind of want my money back. Same. I bought the Jesus Freak album and the Jesus Freak book that had 300 accounts of Christians being tortured Martyred. around the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like this was like... This is like a book geared toward teens, and you just kind of flip through it, and you see a man being, like, uh, disemboweled. On broken on the wheel in, like, yeah. modern-day Somalia. It's like, th- th- I don't think that this happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a little-known preacher in Peru. You've never heard of him. Don't worry about where he's from. He had his uh, his head cut off and used in a bowling match. <laughs> I'd fuck man I hope my devotion to Christ matches that one of these days my my martyred head can be used as a bowling ball you gotta think about what that does to the long term psyche of a person that like at the age 13 I was reading these lurid stories of martyrs and I was like could be me one day man and you thought it was no and you thought it was you definitely thought at some point you might have to give your life for Christ oh yeah dude you oh, just think that was a distinct possibility I thought it was a distinct possibility a in, virtual in, certainty maybe even. Yeah, in the worst way possible too that like someone was gonna heat an iron spear over a flame and like use it to skewer you from asshole to, to your mouth <laughs> and then roast and roast everything yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's only one way I'm going out for Christ, and that's with an apple in my mouth. <laughs> like, at age 13, you know? that It's going to produce some interesting um, psychology, to put it lightly. Well, here's the thing, man. If we're talking about... And, I mean, this is a, a sort of a crude metaphor we've used many times, but, like... Sometimes people on the left can be, we'll talk about, you know, like, I remember like when people started talking about that they were radicalized, like they joined ISIS or something because <laughs> they voted for Bernie Sanders or whatever. Uh-huh. But like, if, if there's a comparison to be made there, here's what we got to figure out. Christianity is not like a great sale on its face, right? Right. Because what, basically what they told us was that everybody in the world's going to hate you uh, your life is going to be <laughs> devoid of pleasure. Maybe you'll be roasted over a spit or boiled in peanut oil. But trust me, bro, there's this place where everybody's going after all that. You know? A, a mara- and yet, a g- <laughs> the numbers just were coming in. That's why we have to just, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, uh-huh. we got to figure out how to take, how to, t- like, sell people on like something that's like you know <laughs> there's some marginalization involved and yeah people will I, think you're a lunatic mm-hmm. i mean you got to get them young you have to have a 13 year old literally envisioning in his mind that a gang of marauding uh, godless bandits will cut him uh, the skin on right down the middle of his head and then pull apart the skin <laughs> pull the skin off of him 
in both directions like you're opening a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Just flayed. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is what awa- this is what awaits you, friend. But that's the, what awaits but you. Re- but the reward is so much greater. <laughs> I, that's that's really the sell. It's like you will see no treasures in this world. The one yeah. after this, <laughs> will you die broke and penniless? Most assuredly. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know Kevin Max. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who who haven't already tuned out, uh thinking this will be a Sunday service um, CCM-heavy episode. Um, Kevin Max was one-third of a <clears throat> group known as DC Talk, which, honestly, if you looked at my Spotify, probably have logged more minutes listening to than any other band. Uh, District of Columbia Talk. <laughs> District of... They were from D.C., that would be that if if we were based in DC, that would be a great rebrand for the podcast. Yes, they they were they were from DC, but no, DC stands for decent Christian talk. They were decent. Is that really what it stands for? That's what it stands for. Yeah, I never knew that. I thought they were just from DC, and that was just that. No, uh, decent Christian talk. They started out as a rap group, then they morphed slowly over time into like a rock group, and then they were kind of like a pop group. Uh, and um, Kevin Max was always kind of the uh, he was like the one member of the group who was always kind of saying some like edgy shit yeah you know like like, like he, he was the guy that like if like you um, let's say that you thought something was wrong with masturbation for example and you <laughs> jacked your little bird one day uh huh and then you would go try to find solace in the art and music of DC Talk, and uh-huh. you'd read an interview by Kevin Max, and you'd come away thinking, "This man's had extramarital." <laughs> He's probably the one guy in the group that was like, didn't I think pay he, much attention to that. I think he literally did. I think he had an affair like on tour, and he was like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> I think he did. Um, He's kind of like the Kanye of the Christian music scene in the sense that, like, he was always saying shit that, like, made people kind of vaguely anxious and nervous. And you knew yeah. that nobody would be able to contain him and be like, tone it down, dude. Because he was Kevin Max. He was on top of the fucking world. He could say he anything on, he wanted. Yeah, man. This is, a, this is a 12-time Dove award winner we're talking about here, not a mere mortal. No, exactly. Um... So, because, you know, and I've, I've told this on this show before, but, like, I remember reading early on, like, when I was probably in, like, seventh or eighth grade, when I was, like, on forum boards and shit. Like, I read an interview that Kevin Max gave where he said he wanted to hang out with Marilyn Manson. And I was like, oh, oh. It's like that gift from The Wire. I was like, yeah. You're, yeah. like, blown away that he would do that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I'm sure he probably doesn't say that now. Actually, they should hang out now. Marilyn Manson <laughs> and Kevin Max. You know what's funny? It's like there are there are eras of, like, sort of moral absolutism. I don't know if that's even the right way to frame this. But, like, when we were coming up, like... It was even frowned upon to listen to secular music. 
And I feel like now it's like Christians like don't even bat an eye at like listening to secular music. You know, it's almost like a separating the artist from the art type of thing or whatever. Dude. And do you notice that? Like that like it feels like the cultural mores and norms have all kind of swapped up in that world a little bit. I think it's because Christian music now is like mostly worship music. And so you can't really jam that in your car. The thing about like '90s and early 2000s CCM was that it was like an attempt. It was just knocking off the pop music of the day, essentially. Exactly, it was, it was an attempt to build out the subculture. Yeah, and um, to varying degrees of goodness. I mean, there's some absolute dog shit Christian bands. There's some very good Christian bands. Oh yeah, I would I would go so far as to say that DC Talk was a good Christian band. I mean. I see their catalog runs the gamut for me. I mean, you're right. Like there, there's some very bad stuff, and there's some, some like, <laughs> damn, this is really good stuff. And the awful shit. But then there's yeah. some really good shit. Yeah. And I always thought Kevin Max had a great voice. It was very unique. Yeah. Uh, when, but, when Pitchfork re-rated uh, Jesus Freak, which is was the job you were born to do, and somebody came out and uh, someone fucking beat me to it, man. I was even gonna pitch it like that week. Yeah. What did they rate it? I think they gave it like a six point something. This is a pretty good record, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I remember thinking it was way too low. But at the same time, like, you got to take it all on balance. Like, I've got such strong attachments to that album that I can't really probably... 6.7. I probably can't give it a honest, neutral adjust uh, uh, assessment. <laughs> You would give it a little. You would give it the Terrence Ray bump. Mm-hmm. Minimum seven point five. <laughs> I'm giving it seven point five, maybe eight. God, <laughs> dude. The reason why is because there's no skips. There's yeah, no sure. skips, and there's some good skits. The skits are the best. Honestly, they hold the whole thing together. If I were to go back and listen to it, I think I'd be like, "This is a master class." Honestly. Whatever you think of the music is whatever, but it's a master class on how to track an album. It is, it really like from is from start to finish. Dude, it really it really is. And honestly, yeah. that's why it's like every time I if I turn it on and I listen to one song, I'm listening to the whole album. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's why it's gotta be at least like an eight for me. It's like Yeah. But if you look at it objectively, there are songs called, for example, Colored People. <laughs> so, <laughs> There was a black member of DC Talk, but in 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 the song itself was a kind of like '90s liberal, like, "Well, we're all one, you know, we're all one color." But it's like, all right, dude. All right. Uh, <laughs> but dude, you are exactly right. It is a masterclass in how to track an album. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't even gotten to the article yet, but hey, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to derail us again. No, I, but you got to add context for DC Talk. Kevin Max, a member of the popular Christian band DC Talk, announced over the weekend he is now ex-evangelical, noting he's been deconstructing his faith for decades. The singer dismissed some on social media who claimed he is no longer a Christian, saying he didn't say that, and clarified he follows the universal Christ, although he didn't explain what that means. Okay. Um, I I think I know what that means. (laughs) The universal Christ. The universal Christ. (laughs) It's It's like, is that like the, who's the guy... Reverend Spear. Uh-huh. Yes, the, um, like, the God machine, like, the spiritualist. The God machine, the, yeah. yeah. The universal Christ. Um, he said, I have no idea how many people 
people's blogs or podcasts are using that announcement for further division, but I'm here for the grace. Well, this is one podcast who will not use it for further division, Kevin. You have a standing invitation on this show anytime you want. If Kevin Max Smith came on this program, we need to throw it out to If Kevin Max Smith came on this program, that would make my... We've had some great illuminated guests on here, but... Yeah, he said in another tweet posted Monday, he described himself as anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro... I think he meant love, but he says live. Pro-live music. Um, pro Hell yeah, L- man. <laughs> Pro-live pro nation. <laughs> Pro-LGBTQIA. See, dude, I got to hand it for... I got to hand it to him for that because like in, in like our current absolutely insane reactionary moment he's still like trans rights dude like he doesn't fucking care what, uh, what's toby mac say on the subject i'm sure toby mac does not have the best views on the subject you think toby mac's not here for the grace <laughs> no i don't think he's here for the grace uh kevin mac said he's pro blm pro open-mindedness anti-narrow-mindedness pro-utopia anti-white nationalist pro-equality Pro-vax, pro-music, anti-one-percenter, pro-poor, pro-misfit, pro-Jesus, etc. Interesting. Damn. Damn, dude. Damn. <laughs> um, Max's comments come come not long after former DesiringGod.org writer Paul... Okay, interesting website. Paul Maxwell announced he is no longer a Christian, which he said in April feels really good. <laughs> it's made him really happy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Man, when a guy who's made his whole life off of that says, eh, I ain't into this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a... <clears throat> I no longer have a dog in that fight. I don't care. But <laughs> I do care about the music, and I do care about the grace. So so we're right there with you, Kevin Max. That's right. Um. Okay, I like I had other I had another article I wanted to read and then maybe we can do speaker piece. Maybe we can get through this. If we have a longer episode, who cares? It's Wednesday. Um unless you have somewhere to be. You have somewhere to be. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> this is in Wall Street Journal. We we talked a lot about college last week. And we talked a lot about college earlier with the New Yorker article. It seems like it seems like everyone everywhere wants to talk about college. It's all we can talk about. It's all we know how to talk about. Yeah. This is an interesting take on college in the Wall Street Journal. In some ways, it's an example of my of my uh uh something that I've always said, which is never write an article that's vague enough to where the headline could get you, yeah, spit roast, you know, Roasted over Spitfire, uh, just because it's able to be construed one way or the other. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is, like, don't let the editors make you walk out and take an L. Right, yeah. This is an example of the editors letting you walk out and take an L. Because the auth- the title of this article is called, College Should Be More Like Prison. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I've, yeah. Let, let's let's hear them out here. Um, <laughs> as as if it's like, like what what it is? It's like someone who teaches in prison. So it's like that's a noble pursuit. I think people, you know, yeah, should do sure. that. 
But the way that it's like construed and the kind of like paternalistic attitude they have towards the prisoners is interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, many of us who care deeply about education and the humanities can only feel despair at the state of our institutions of higher learning. Enrollment in these subjects is plummeting, and students who take literature and history classes often come in with their rudimentary ideas about the disciplines. Interviewed in a recent New Yorker article, Professor James Shapiro of Columbia said teaching Middlemarch to today's college students is like landing a 747 on a rural airstrip. Okay, I've read Middlemarch. Middlemarch is good, but I have no fucking clue how you would teach it to any college student. Who is that? Is that Jeffrey Eugenitis? No, you're no, you're thinking of Middlesex. Oh yeah, <laughs> Middlemarch is George Eliot. Ah, oh, that's right. Um, oh, the, yeah, who was a woman? A woman. Middlemarch fucking goes, man. Middlemarch bangs. Um, but it is very long, and I don't know how you would make it appealing to any twenty-one-year-old at any point in history, <laughs> like nineteen fifty. Or 2021. Well, that's when you say, that's when you hit them with it being International Women's Day today. That's when you hit them with. Actually, (laughs) it was a female George that wrote this masterpiece. Good point. Good point. Um, Never have I been more grateful to teach where I do at a men's maximum security prison. My students there, enrolled in a four-credit college program, provide a sharp contrast with contemporary undergrads. These men are highly motivated and hardworking. They tend to read each assignment two or three times before coming to class. Some of them have been incarcerated for 20 or 30 years and have been reading books all that time. They would hold their own in any graduate seminar. That they have had rough experiences out in the real world means they are less liable to fall prey to facile ideologies. Oh, fucking so hate you're it. saying that all of our undergrads need to lift weights and They'd, convert yes. to Islam. They're they're falling prey to facile ideologies, and that's a serious issue. I think it was Aye. this. I think it was this sentence that kind of like graded me, where I was like, "Okay, I see where this is going." A large proportion of them are black and Latino, and while they may not like David Hume's or Thomas Jefferson's ideas on race, they want to read those <laughs> authors anyway. So basically, this is like the circuitous way to uh, something about the academy being woke and that like, man, yes. <laughs> people like, will people will die to keep Hume and Thomas Jefferson in the academy. They truly they will. They will, will do anything. They'll to go keep, teach. They'll go teach at a men's maximum security prison just to prove <laughs> just to prove that wokeness is really is destroying the fabric of society. Uh, dude, I uh, there's a lot of assumptions in there. Okay, um, like, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> they want, in short, to be part of a centuries lo- centuries long conversation that makes up our civilization. The classes are often the most interesting part of these men's lives. In some cases, they are the only interesting part. Best of all, from my selfish point of view as an educator, these uh, students have no access to cell phones or the internet. Um, okay, so captive audience, you know? I mean, this is like... This is so weird. This is such a weird tone to take about this subject. It like, is Presumably, you would go teach prisons because you feel... You care. Like, compelled, a sense of duty, you love people, you think everybody deserves an education, whatever. Uh-huh. 
But no, he's like, it's like, no, I know the perfect place. Like, every, <laughs> nobody in the world wants to listen to this motherfucker. So he had to go get a job at the one place where they didn't have a choice but to. Exactly. Um, yeah, cyber cheating, even assuming they wanted to indulge in it, is impossible. But more important, they have retained their attention spans, while those of my modern college students have been destroyed by their dependence on smartphones. My friends who teach at Harvard tell me administrators have advised them to change topics or activities several times in each class meeting because the students simply can't focus for that long. Um, my students at the prison sit through a two-and-a-half-hour class without any loss of focus. They don't, ta they don't yawn or take bathroom breaks. I have taught classes on the Enlightenment, the Renaissance, Romanticism, George Orwell, South Asian fiction. We've done seminars on Adam Smith and Alexis de Tocqueville, Mont Mont Montaigne, Rousseau, Cates, Erasmus, Locke, Montesquieu, like every single Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> every single one of these authors is like a Western white author, which I guess is the point that the this author is trying to make. Um, but like I've always, this is what this is the thing. I've always been very skeptical of people who claim to speak on behalf of prisoners. I may have even done it myself, just being in positions where I've like interfaced with them. Uh, and if so, you know, I don't. People should view that skeptically as well. But like you should, I feel like you should always be skeptical of people who claim to speak on behalf of them because, uh, well, I mean. I probably don't have to spell it out for you. They're not in a good situation, and they don't—they don't have agency to speak for themselves for the most part, unless they can get messages out in various ways um, themselves. You know what I'm saying? But like in the yeah. editorial pages of the Wall Street Journal, I just don't know if this I trust is the most someone. Representative sample yeah. of yeah of people's thoughts in, inside, <laughs> right? Um. Like students at elite institutions, most of my incarcerated scholars are politically liberal. Unlike them, many are religious, and that proves surprisingly enriching in studying these authors, who would have been amazed to know that they would one day be read by classrooms full of atheists. What? Is he talking about college? Like, are most college students atheists? Is that what he's... I guess what he's getting at. Uh. One of my more devout students, a Protestant who converted to Islam was so distressed by Voltaire's disrespect for established creeds that he had to be comforted by other class members. Dog, why are you putting him on blast like this? He probably doesn't need to have his shit aired out like that. Um, they informed him that he was exactly the sort of person Voltaire was aiming his polemic at, and therefore he could understand the force of it in a way his irreligious peers couldn't. My hours at the prison are rich in such moments. In many ways, it is the platonic ideal of teaching, what teaching once was. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? The platonic ideal is that, like, you're captive, like, can't... That everybody's <laughs> immiserated and that ever that it <laughs> learning Hume and Voltaire does nothing to change your, you know, your circumstance, but... <laughs> it doesn't sound like these guys have a lot of say over what they want to read it sounds like this guy this person is bringing them the materials and making them read it and because they're in a prison and i know for a fact that like a lot of reading material is banned in prisons you'll read pretty much fucking anything you can get your hands on that's probably got more to do with it than anything yeah uh i mean yeah like you you literally i mean like in in some prisons things like marks and uh that kind of shit is is banned. Like you can't 
you know, there's literature that is, you know, not allowable in prison. So yeah, and that's not mentioned here. So that's your platonic ideal. It's like there's there's certain things that are completely off topic <clears throat> or out of bounds. Um, no faculty meetings, no soul deadening committee work, no bloated and overbearing admin, no electronics, no students whining about grades. Quite a few of our students are. It sounds certain- like he hates his students. That's like. <laughs> Contempt for your regular college students is really what's driving this whole thing. That is it. It's just like, you could not spell it out more clearly. I fucking hate these goddamn kids. Yeah. (laughs) Quite a few of our students are serving life sentences and will never be able to make use of their hard-won college credits. No student debt, no ideological intolerance, no religious tests. Whoops, I mean mandatory diversity statements. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. And in our courteous, laughter-filled classroom, there is none of the, quote, toxic environment that my friends in the academy complain about and that I experienced during my own college career, teaching career. If prison inmates, many of whom have committed violent crimes, can play, can play, pay close attention for a couple of hours, put aside their political and personal differences, support one another's academic efforts... Write elegant essays about the aid of technology and get through a school year without cheating. Is it too much to ask university students to do the same? Or ask professors to try to create an atmosphere where these habits can prevail? Perhaps prison education can serve as a model of how to return to true learning and intellectual exchange. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I'm going to just once again reiterate that I think literally all the success he's got is that like probably a lot of these guys... They work in forced labor. They spend most of their days alone in solitary confinement. They don't get to read certain reading materials that anyone else in the outside world gets, you know, free access to at any moment. Um, They're probably starving for any kind of fucking creative outlet or, you know, fellowship or anything like that. Like... Yeah, like, no fucking shit you're going to be able to teach Montesquieu in a situation like that. I mean, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Basically, basically, what he's saying is that, like, I've had success, like, teaching people at the point of a gun. And so, like, we should just <laughs> do that in colleges. <laughs> if you ask me, we need to go back to that. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, man. In anyways. Wall Street <laughs> Journal. I like the illustration on this. It's got someone holding open a book and prisoners are walking into the book with their own books. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Ex-evangelicals. No no atheists bitching and whining and moaning (laughs) about their grades. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Um... Well, uh, do you have any speak? Was there any speaker piece, dog? Let me see what we got here. Anything good? Uh, do 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 do. Did you send them to me? I emailed them to you. You still have the same email? Yeah. Don't say it on the show, bro. People are gonna fucking ah yeah 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 yeah. I almost baited you into saying your email on the show. You would have gotten so many nudes. You would have gotten so many dick pics. I'm sure. (laughs) 
If you'd like to blow some money letting people take advantage of your gullibility, you can attend a lecture on the non-existent Bigfoot in Harlan County. <laughs> what a shame that people who have already suffered so much have to be further taken advantage of and that anyone would promote it. <laughs> oh, man. We're coming out hot today. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was the first... Was that just the first speaker? Piece? That was the very first one. Amazing. Uh, I'm tired of being kept awake night after night by the cat lady and Neon harboring all those cats again. <laughs> all night long, they fight and squeal, and they use my backyard as their litter box, and they've already ruined some of my spring flowers. She's probably the nosiest person around because every time a car goes by or people are outside talking, she jerks open the door and pops her head out looking around. <laughs> Sometimes she comes plumb on the porch and eavesdrop or ask questions about everyone's business. <laughs> Was that the end of it? That's the end of it. But the, see, the thing is, man... Poetry doesn't need a beginning or an end. That's I like that one. That you got just dropped directly into the middle of someone's life. It's just a screenshot. Just, just a, 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 a screenshot of a moment in time, and you should cherish that. <clears throat> I, I like this the start of this one already. Am I the only customer? Excuse me. Ex-customer. <laughs> Of a restaurant in Letcher County where you could smell the marijuana when you pull up to get your food. <laughs> Hell, I can't be the only customer that can smell it. No I matter what. Know, what are they? Who are they talking about? You? I think? think I know who they're talking about, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna snitch on the pod, man. No matter what time of day you pull up to get your food, you can smell the marijuana. <laughs> if you ever wonder why your pizza is half baked, dude, <laughs> I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. It's because most of the employees are half-baked themselves trying to cook your food. <laughs> it's why we're no longer customers. We got tired of wasting our money on half-cooked food because the employees are higher than a kite. <laughs> Dude, I mean, come on, man. I mean, oh, man. It's not... As someone who used to make pizzas... Um. It's not the easiest job in the world. It's not as easy as it seems, okay? Standing in Man. front of that oven. There's some, some, there's some good ones this week. <laughs> Here's a couple. Is anyone else in this town going through a spiritual awakening, or am I the only one? <laughs> <laughs> Brother, take it, take a ticket. This is the this is the duality of man, okay? So, is anyone else going through going, anybody else in this town going through a spiritual awakening or am I the only one? Here's the other side of that coin. I'm 66 years old and still having hot flashes. Can I look for any real relief besides death? Thanks, Eve. And then juxtaposed with that is this. Does anyone want one or two sweet bobtail kittens? Almost seven months old. <laughs> I mean, that that is... You know, there's a lot of themes here I'm, I'm picking up. Cats. Oh, God. They're on cats, fire this week. Cats, death, uh, rejection, self-imposed exile. Anyways. <laughs> 
My neighbor has an old swimming pool, and it's all broken down and full of frogs. Every spring, the croaking keeps us awake. I'm talking thousands of frogs, man. <laughs> Cookout featuring frog legs coming soon. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like the natural environment is slowly making its way back into everyone's life. Like you've got Bigfoot, you've got the feral cats, you've got the frog spawn. It's like it's it's like taking over everyone's it's kind lives. of natural worlds like retribution for our encroachment on their world. It's like, well, we'll give it back to you a little bit. Yeah. Mm. I think it's awful that the best properties in McRoberts have been destroyed. We now have the Church of Holy Junk and the Elementary School of Trailer Park and Motorcycle Club right next to each other. Sad. <laughs> sad. Wait, what world is that sad? That's, a, okay. that's, that's, that's awesome. Also like, come on, get your own punctuation. That's Trump's. All right. The worst gas station I was ever in is the Speedway in Mount Sterling. You know, I low-key kind of concur with that. Yeah, I can't say I've been. The food was bad. The service was bad. That Speedway is nothing like Double Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody wants to say that. Here's my favorite of the whole bunch. This is like, this is like, this is to speak your peace what Jesus wept is to the Bible. (laughs) YouTube has got to go. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> God bless America. Mr. President, what have you given to Ukraine? About $75 billion now? We thank you for the food stamps that were extra, but we know there's a time when all good things must come to an end. Well, now it's time to put a bad thing to an end. Uh, let's see, where's that at? So, yeah, I cut them. They're a little truncated. Sorry. Okay, that might be... Yeah, it's all right. Maybe that's all you need in that snapshot. Well, now it's time for a bad thing to end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is topical. Um, I'm all the time hearing that this prison's going to be built. Now I'm mm-hmm. hearing they need 200 places to build houses. What good is that going to do us? It's just like these millions of dollars that went and got spent on the hotel in Whitesburg. I've seen an outhouse that looks better than that dump. Where did all the flood money go? The swamp needs to be drained. <laughs> well, there's a lot of interesting threads there that could be pulled together. Oh, my God. All right. Please print this. This is concerning the chief of police in Jenkins. Dot, mm, dot, dot. Interesting. Editors know. Oops. At this point, which apparently occurred early last Wednesday evening, a mechanical issue with the Speak Your Peace machine answer no. machine kicked in and wasn't fixed until Friday afternoon. What? We apologize if your comment is missing. If if what, what? you phoned in for this edition does not clear does not appear, please resubmit it for the next issue. I think that's awfully convenient. Myself. Dude, it's a fucking cover up. They were, they were getting ready to fucking roll up the entire ruling class of Letcher County in some Epstein-type shit. And then they're like, whoops, tape's missing. We use a 1993 tape answering machine, by the way. <laughs> People, when you get down and old, you better not let vultures into your house, or they'll plumb clean you out. That's true. People are out there looking for people to prey on. It's a shame people take advantage of the elderly. It's true. 
to my warm friend. I wish to be paid for the work that I have already done. <laughs> warm? Like That's w- my warm, like W-A-R-M, warm. Interesting. That's how I address you all the time. I'm the cold one, you're the warm one. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that two of my friends have separated. <laughs> I wondered how long it would take, not because one of them was no good, but because of all they have had to work around. Hmm. I hope the one who has caused this is punished too. <laughs> I hope his woman finds out as well what he's been doing behind her back. Wow. Oh, wow. It's like a fake friend calling out somebody else for being a fake friend. I know. It's like fake, fake friend by proxy. Damn. Well, let's see what we got here. <clears throat> Yes, I called last week about the magistrates voting themselves in a raise, and you corrected me. I beg to differ. The magistrates did vote themselves in a raise. The cost of living raise was only for the judge, the sheriff, the jailer, and the county clerk. The magistrates voted themselves in a raise. You need to do your homework. Thank you. (laughs) The editors know. Editors, I knew there would be one. The five Letcher County magistrates began their terms in January and they have not voted themselves a pay raise, nor could they have even if they had tried. Kentucky state law requires that magistrate salaries be set by the first Monday in May prior to a general election. Hmm. State law also requires that the salary not take effect until the newly elected magistrates take office in the new term. Letcher County's outgoing magistrates did not vote in May 2022 to increase the salaries of the magistrates who took office in January 2023. Seems to be some dispute there about that. Yeah, I mean, you guys are just going to have to work that one out off the page because I fell asleep one sentence into the editor's note. And so it's not not a compelling story, Mr. Editor. No, not, I've... I've support taking down the magistrates that are lying in their own pockets. Last one here and we'll sign off. It's amazing how a certain person always gets on Facebook showing pictures of her kid. Especially when that kid looks like a gorilla. (laughs) That's been Speak Your Peace for the week of March 7th. Uh, If you have anything to unburden... Unburden yourself with uh, email it at <laughs> mtn eagle at bellsouth.net. Subject line speak for peace. Just um, really fucking bringing out the hater aid on that one. <laughs> that was a good speak your peace. That's like pretty good start to finish, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, could would you say it's your platonic ideal of a speaker piece? It's close. I mean, it could, it could, during the Trump era, there were some unbeatable ones. Yeah. But that's yeah. why I don't, I'm not fully, I'm, I'm bearish on the Trump thing because once again, I use speak your piece as my kind of barometer and it seems like they don't, they don't care as much. The fire has died down a little bit. Well, you, you can only Carlson. beat a man down so much, you know. That's true. I mean, you got Tucker saying that he hates Trump passionately. Did you see that? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, the texts. Yeah, came out. But yeah, which makes sense because like they're two egomaniacs, and obviously two egomaniacs are going to hate each other. Um, but 
just it's interesting. Make strange bedfellows in 24. Yeah. So, yep. we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Uh, I guess that about does it for us for this week. Um, I have an article published in The Nation about the ending of emergency SNAP benefits for everybody. First, I mean, t- Kentucky did it last year. Kentucky ended those emergency benefits last year, like last May. And now the <clears throat> rest of the country has done it now, like as of earlier this week. Uh, Terrence spells uh, out how you have to be in dang Ukraine to get them now. That's right. That is exactly right, honestly. That is the truth. Um, so, yeah, go to the nation. Go to the nation.com, go to the search bar and just type in my name. Um, that'll probably get, man, it should get you there, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I don't think I have anything else for the day. Do you, Tom? Uh, my heart, mind's clear. Well, you, me, and Kevin Max, we have heart, clear hearts and minds. That's exactly right. Yep. Come on the show, Kevin Max. We would love to have you. Yeah, everybody start tweeting at Kevin Max tell him to come on the program. <laughs> I bet he'd do it. I bet he would. I, I I would not talk to him about any of the ex-evangelical shit. I would literally just ask him about the rap era of DC Talk. Like, what was that like? Did you feel like the odd man out, Kevin, being the one guy who wasn't really a rapper? Like, who thought that, who right, rightly thought maybe we should air away from this? <laughs> Just ask him about that. Or, like, ask him about the Jesus Freak sessions. Yeah. And uh, is Toby Mac back? Is Toby Mac back? No, with no slack? Is he Toby Mac, Mac Daddy? On DC remember, track. Remember when Tiger Woods was Mac Daddy, Santa? Oh, oh we should have Toby Mac Daddy Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out good for Tiger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week, friends. We will see you next time. Adios. Peace out.